Hey guys, welcome to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I am stoked to share with you an interview that I did with one of my great friends in the game, and I've known her since the first year that I played in the Pro League. Now, if you guys know this, I played for the Dallas Charge. The team doesn't exist anymore, but the significance of the Dallas Charge is pretty awesome because I got to meet Jade Hewitt. Jade Hewitt might not be a softball name that you know, but you need to. And here's why. Jade is currently a photographer for Team USA. Yeah, the team that's going to compete in the 2021 Olympics in Tokyo. Jade has taken photos for them. Jade also works full-time for Athletes Unlimited. And if you guys didn't notice, in 2020, there was this really cool softball league that came to fruition in the middle of the pandemic. If you guys listened to Sam Fisher's interview, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This professional league was created and Jade was there to take all the photos. And if you guys didn't know, Topps trading cards actually put those Athletes Unlimited players on them, which means Jade's photos, the ones that she took from season, were what were used for these Topps cards. So that is probably one of Jade's biggest highlights because she is the photographer behind the amazing softball But I want you guys to get to know her because she is one of the most humble, beautiful, selfless human beings on this planet, and she is awesome. So we talk in this interview about the fact that she played D3, um, and I think that there's a lot of stigma behind playing D3, but she talks about why D3 was perfect for her, and she played at Millsaps College. So she goes into that and how much she learned about herself during that part of her career. Then she talks about what made her get into photography. So she went from being a college athlete to wanting to take photos of the most elite players in the world. And it's pretty awesome to hear her journey there. Now we wrap it up with talking about three things that she feels have been highlights in her career. So she's taking pictures of, like I said, Team USA players. She's met Jessica Mendoza. She's met a lot of people in this game that we know and we love. And it's pretty awesome to hear her experiences there. And you guys are going to absolutely love her. And it's not just because she's my friend and we have a great conversation, but truly because you guys are gonna get to know the woman behind the photographs, the woman who has had her photographs on ESPN. She has worked her butt off to showcase softball players, and she is probably one of the reasons why we are starting to get a name for ourselves. And none other than Jade Hewitt is going to be on the other end of this interview. And I'm just going to stop talking so you guys can get to know her because you are going to love her. All right, let's head to the episode. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well. But now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just going to dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. 
and I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm going to have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players' parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive, and that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here, and I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. I can't believe this interview is happening right now. (laughs) I am sitting down with one of the people who I feel like is one of the most genuine, heartfelt, beautiful humans to walk this earth. Jade Hewitt, welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. I am beyond excited to be sitting with an OG, I feel like, in my softball journey, a real OG. An OG. And I think that it's so crazy because I was, you know, researching all the things to a T about you from from when we started hanging out with the Dallas Charge, what happened before that, what happens after that. I'm just, I'm so excited for people to get to know you because unlike most interviews, like I'm I'm interviewing Samu, I'm interviewing Aubrey Monroe, I'm interviewing all these people who play the game. But I think your role as the videographer, photographer, to just make softball grow is something and a story that I think the world needs to hear. So I'm so pumped to have you in this room. I, I want people just to get to know you to as much as they can, because this may inspire a young little girl who loves the game of softball to be in your shoes one day, because you are pretty much living your dream, it sounds like. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> Awesome, Jade. So can you share, let's start back to when you first started the love for softball itself, because you got to play at the collegiate level. Can you just give us that story of, hey, this is where I started. This is maybe the influence that I had from coaches and my parents and like where you ended up playing at the level that you ended with? I guess probably like everybody, like remember just going out to rec ball and, uh, meeting like being able to play with all your friends and it was cool because my dad was like always the like manager or like ran the league or type person so like you know they would do back in the I don't know how they do rec now but they evaluate you and then they the dads like meet in a room and pick a team and he would always like pick my buddies so like (laughs) I remember playing with all my friends who were like very good athletes who grew up to be like super elite athletes and then kind of doing the all-star thing around like 10 and then like, Oh, what is it? What is this travel ball thing that we got going on? And then travel ball, like was the glory days of the softball journey. Like you play five games a day and then you go to Chili's at night. Like what? Yeah, heck yeah. The thing ever. And um, the parents get to sit in the lobby and drink a bunch of alcohol while we right. go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. We go for the queso and the parents went for the margaritas. Like it was so <laughs> great. So I just remember having like so much fun and we didn't have, you know, I don't want to be like some like boomer or whatever, but like we didn't have phones, like cell phones weren't like a thing back then. 
Uh, so like all we did was just hang out with each other and like enjoy being together. So I just remember hanging out with my friends all the time. And I, I remember when I was probably like eight or nine, I hit my growth spurt earlier than everybody else. So from like a young age, I was just bigger, stronger, faster. And I knew it <laughs> like when I, I played soccer too, and I would just like bully, like, cause I was just bigger. And then, you know, with soccer, everybody else like got caught up and was like fast and like had finesse. So I was like, no to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just remember being like physically aware pretty early just on and, and, and being just like aware of everybody in general. And then high school ball, kept playing travel ball and did eventually was like, well, do this college softball thing. This, this can't be that hard, right? LOL, playing in college is wonderfully difficult and frustrating and amazing all the same time. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I love being at the field, love being around the game. Uh, I love watching the game. Like, I love when we have, like, AU or pro practices, just being at practice and just watching everybody. So, yeah, and then now, you know, I coached for a while and then stopped coaching and then kind of just, like, dabbling back into coaching and being reminded of how great coaching is and also infuriating. <laughs> so yeah, but just, just can't get away from the game as a lot of us are. Yeah, apparently not. So you ended up playing in college and I do want to unpack this because I think it's so important to really see the journey of maybe having a dream to play at a high level, but not ending, ending up to play at a D1, but a D3. And it sounds like it was kind of like the perfect move for you and what you wanted. So, you know, going into that journey of, you, you played at Millsaps College. Yep. And where is that? It's in Jackson, right? Jackson, Jackson Mississippi? Mississippi? Yeah. Can you tell us that maybe recruiting journey for you, you know, how that ended up working and how you ended up finding Millsaps? I, I, I kind of knew, I like never, we weren't a huge college family. Like my parents like didn't go to LSU or something. So we never grew up like hardcore collegiate fans. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I didn't really want to go to a big school. I, you know, I, I just, it wasn't like what I was like dying to do. Um, and I wanted to go to like a good institution. Uh, but I also knew that I was not like, not only did I not want to go to college at a big school, I was not the D1 talent to go to a big school. Now I was good coming out of high school. Like, you know, all parish and Metro and district and, you know, played on a good travel team and was one of the better ones on this and that and this and that. But when it came to like D one talent, I was not on the Ashley Burkhart type of level. <laughs> and I was okay with that. And so, you know, then looking at schools, like I want to go to somewhere where my degree is going to pack a punch whenever I'm done. Millsaps is only two and a half hours away from where I grew up. So I was still relatively close to home, but like far enough away. You know what I mean? So, and I also knew that I was going to go in and immediately get on the field. Like I was going to be able to make an impact early on. Had I tried to go to a D1 or walk on somewhere, I was probably ne never going to hit the dirt until like my senior year, maybe if the coach was feeling generous. <laughs> um, but at a D3, I got to go and contribute right away and get better right away. So it was an awesome fit. I mean, no matter if you're at D1, D2, 3, NAIA, JUCO, what, whatever, like college athletics is difficult. Like it's, yeah. 
it's, it's not for the faint of heart. And no matter what level you play, like anyone who was like, yeah, I, I played in college, like hats off to you. It's, you know, do, is there more packed in at D one maybe because you guys I'm sure had like a ton of lifting and more conditioning and film sessions and individual sessions and team sessions. Did we have all of those bells and whistles in D three? No, like not at all, but you're still playing, you're still competing, you're still representing your university. So uh, I loved going to a D3 and Millsaps was a really smart school. I was an art major, so I'm, you know, my friends were really smart. I did not put myself in that category. Um, but yeah, it was a really good school and yeah, go majors. I love that. So how did you, I want to know what a day in the life was then. So I know what a day in the life for a D1 athlete's like, but I really want to know for a D3, like tell me all the things. Probably, I mean, I guess like in the fall, if you wake up, we would have like, I think it was 6 a.m. conditioning, which mm-hmm. is awful. It's on the football field and it's cold and it's miserable and you just question everything in life. So <laughs> that, run and go, uh, uh, shower real quick, eat breakfast, go to class because um, a lot of times I had 8 a.m. classes, go to class kind of all day. And then at least art majors, we had three-hour studio sessions in the afternoon so from one to four, most days I was in like painting, sculpture, photography, you know, whatever in a longer class. So I would always be late to practice, which drove my coach up a wall. So uh-huh. I would have to beeline to the locker room, get dressed really fast. I didn't have to get like any treatment before literally run to the field, which was up a hill and down another hill, practice, 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 get done. And then sprint to the calf, hope it wasn't closed because a lot of times we show up and it was closed, shovel food down. And then I would go straight to the library because I worked in the library and I would work into the library till, I don't know, nine or 10 at night. And then, you know, your day begins the next day. So it was usually I, I was a napper, so I would normally get a nap in somewhere. In Same. There. Same. I, sometimes I even did like 10 minute naps. I'm like, oh, I got 10 hard. minutes. I'm, a, I'm asleep. I'm going to straight to class. Like, I love totally. that. You so, got it perfectly timed out how long it takes to walk to each class. A hundred percent. You got to know how long it's going to take you to get to that 15 minute location. You got to yep. know all the things, but like you, exactly. you really learn so much about yourself in college. Uh-huh. Like, and would you say college is like some of the hardest years of your entire life? Absolutely. hundred percent. Me too. I, I, mean, I almost, I think probably like a lot of people after my freshman year, I remember like calling my mom crying, like, do I want to play next year? Because yeah. it's just, it's so just physically, mentally, emotionally taxing and you reap all the benefits as well. But sometimes you're, you're only really like paying attention to what's maybe not going so hot. So I remember being like, do I want to like, do I want to quit? And what really made me not was imagining myself 10 years down the road. And when someone said, did you play in college saying, oh, I only played for a year. That's Mm. like, I didn't, I didn't ever want to say that. Like I wanted to commit to what I did and to finish it out and to be able to say, no, I played for four years at a university. So. Yeah. But when you completed the four hardest years of your life at the time, how did you feel after that? I was like, this is so fantastic. Honestly, this is so silly, but I hated having like a noon game and having to be at the field at like 9 
30. It drove me nuts. I'm like, I don't need to stretch and warm up and throw and hit for two hours. And so I was like, I will never miss all of that. I will miss playing and competing. But I was like, man, I, I'm, I, this is awesome. I'm going to sit around now and chill. I lasted two months before I joined CrossFit. And I was like, I can't. I need people. I need a team. I need structure. I need yeah, I was like, I need stimulation. I, yeah. I, I did not last at all. Maybe three months before I joined, uh, before I went to CrossFit. And I was like, I need people. Yeah, it's just interesting what college athletics can teach you when it comes down to what you're capable of. Oh, you know, sure. like even, yeah. so I went to Purdue and I will tell you growing up, it was not my dream school, but like continue, like finishing my four years, I took a break. Well, I couldn't exactly take a break because I went straight to go play pro, which we'll get into in a second. Cause that's a remet. But I remember like when my pro career ended, I was like, I need to just step away because I, everything in my life has been planned until now. Yeah. So it's like, and it's just, it's go, go, go. Like you said, from like 5.30 in the morning to 10 at night, like you do not get really many breaks. And I remember getting my my degree and I was like, I did it. I did the hardest <laughs> yeah. thing I will ever do in my entire life. And I don't have to go back and do it again. Yeah. But then you look back on it and you're like, how much have I grown in these four years? Everybody, like, I will tell you, probably high school people in my high school reunion coming up soon, they're probably going to be like, who is this girl? Like, <laughs> so she's so different than, than, yeah. you know, bef- when we met her before college, but like college yeah. taught me a lot there. And I know, and it's really refreshing to know that it's not just like a D one school that, that goes through this entire day and, you know, feels like awful at the end. Like you, yeah. you were like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's over. And I was honestly yeah. kind of the same way. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to study for five hours a day. Right. And I think too, it really, college, I think even then just realizing like, it really puts at a forefront what your priorities are. Yeah. And in high school, I was like social butterfly and like, you know, I had a lot of friend-in-law. I got to college, like I had zero desire to go to frat parties or (laughs) to go do this. Or like, I wanted to make my art play ball and play Mario Kart with my friends and like hang out with my friends. Like you really see what is important and it just comes naturally because you're on your own. You have to make your own choices, but it's, it just made me just realize what did I value and what did I think was important. And there was just some part of the college experience where like I had zero desire to partake in a lot of it because I just, I just didn't, I don't know what it was, but now I look back and I'm like, huh, that's pretty telling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and your day, your structure of your day looked exactly like mine. Yeah. Like to a T. And the only thing I would say was a little different than I think most, you know, I think of certain conferences that, you know, they say that or academics comes before athletics, but you didn't go to practice because you had class like, and your coach, even though your coach hated that you went to class and, and some, I think even high level D ones are going to say, Hey, you can't do that major because you're going to miss practice. Right. You know, or you're going to have to, you're going to have to change everything in regards to your schedule. um, So you can make it to practice, but you actually had the opportunity to still do your studies, still do your three hours or four hours of, of art and then go to practice. So I think that's that an was excellent that. point. Yeah. 
It's yeah. and, and I'm so grateful because I, I wouldn't have, it's not like I could have just switched to a similar mate or something like that. It would have been like all or, all or bust. Um, and I actually remember there were, there were maybe three instances in probably my junior or senior year. I remember going to my coach and being like, Hey, there's this film society event going on. They've, they want, my mentor wants me to go to it. It's during practice. And he, there's a few times where he let me go to those things. It's not all the time because practice is kind of sacred, but there were, yeah, there was even stuff like that where, where he, my coach would like recognize how important it was and, and would let me go. Now, the only time that didn't work was I had a film in a film festival and we were going on the road for a road series. And I was like, Hey coach, my film's at this festival. And he was like, Oh, bummer. You're going to have to miss it. And I was like, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Quite let that one slide, which I understand. But uh, yeah, I mean, at D3, like they call us scholar athletes. Like that's the the key word that you hear all the time, scholar athletes, because you know, your degree is, is, first priority always. And then, you know, everything else. And we also, we don't play for, we don't have scholarship money. So you're, when you go play at D3, it's because like you really want a ball and you want to get a great degree, but we would get merit-based scholarships, but it wasn't like a full ride or this or that. So yeah, academics is where it's at kids. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And if, if there's somebody listening here, that's like, how do I choose? How do I choose between D1 or D3? You just have to know what your priorities are. Like you wanted to be an art major and you wanted to spend all of this time working on your craft there. And also you still got to play softball. You got to continue your career. And how cool is that, that you could actually find the balance in both at that level. I think that's super important. Like know your priorities. Like I knew what I was getting into going to Purdue. It was like, obviously one of the top tier, people call us an Ivy League school. We're not, by the way, but we are pretty high up there. Yeah. And yes, it was hard to get in, but, and I, but I knew that I had to be top level in both things and it was going to require a lot of sacrifice, but it sounds like you also did a lot of sacrifice as well to be able to do both of those things. So it really, it's interesting to see, um, you know, what people's priorities are. And, and honestly, no one can make those priorities for you. Not even your parents, even though there's these parents and coaches listening right now, you can, you know, make, your idea of what you want them to do, but it really has to do with what your athlete wants to do and what their priorities are. That's going to dictate whether they're going to go NAIA, D3, D2, D1, whatever, JUCO. Well, I yeah. think the two, the, the, the biggest misconception is if my kid doesn't go to major school, then they're going to go play with kids who aren't good. Like, the athletes that I played with in division three were some of the most incredible athletes that I've ever seen. Like, so there is some truth to it. Yes. Because could I have gone and played at LSU? No, I couldn't have, but parents think, you know, I don't want to go play at a Juco or I don't want to go play at a D two or T three because the kids, the kids aren't good at ball. And that's like, so completely not the case. There is talent on every single level it's not, you know, it's not Florida or bust. That's just not how it goes. So yeah, that's, and that's, I guess when I've talked to parents, when I've talked to kids and it's just like, you have to keep an open mind and you have to be realistic about your skill and your talent and where you are the best fit. 
Because I, I, I just think of some of the athletes that I played with, and oh my goodness, they were just unbelievable athletes who were rocking and smashing down at D3. So yeah, you just got to find the right fit. That's all. You say it like it's so easy, you know, say it like it's nothing, but yeah, you just got to find the right fit. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And so I was listening to uh, your interview with Samu. So Sam Fisher, who's also been on the podcast, and you were actually talking about how you started getting into more of the photography, videography part. And you actually, I remember you saying you did some recruiting videos for people, like hundreds of recruiting videos for people. And, and you talked about how you loved that obviously because you were helping people get to college. Tell people what your percentage rate was for of people who you made recruiting videos for. How many of them went off into college? It was 97%. All up and down the spectrum from JUCOs to mid to big D1s, all, all up and down. That's so cool. Yeah, it That's was, so cool. Those, I, I'm, I've been thinking about getting back into that a little bit, but um, yeah, that's talk about like the ultimate way to get a beat on the level of play in your area or in your like region. Cause I, I got to see kids from all over the South and like really see the level of competition that, you know, we offer versus when I was living in Texas to what they offer, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, recruiting videos, there's, you know, we need them, got to make them some good stuff, did them for a very, so, so I would do that on the weekends in college. So again, something else where like, I didn't have any desire to like go out and do like socially stuff, but I would wake up like early in the morning, go shoot all day, come back to the dorm, wake up on Sunday, go shoot a whole nother team all day, edit those throughout the week when I wasn't doing class. So like, you know, just, just trying to make a little business, you know, trying to make it happen. That is so cool. (laughs) Yeah. That is so cool because it is necessary. And, and some people are like, well, I'm going to go pay thousands of dollars for a recruiting service. They're going to create right. the video, blah, 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 blah. But the value in a really good video, knowing that you start, I mean, I, I think people on this podcast are going to be like, what the heck did she do to get that percentage rate? <laughs> like, what, what was kind of, what was your blueprint? Like when you created videos, how did you go about it? Maybe parents right now are just like, I want to be able to create my own video for my athlete and not spend thousands of dollars. What was maybe your blueprint behind those? Well, it was really cool because my senior year of high school, my dad started a softball camp down in uh, South Louisiana called college softball camp. And so then after I, I like went to it my senior year, and then from the next nine years, because we did it for 10 years, I worked, I would help run it and communicate with college coaches, stuff like that. So there are a lot of times when like you would just be hanging out with a coach and you'd be like, hey, what do you want to see in recruiting videos? And they would be like, bunting is stupid in a video. <laughs> and you'd be like, that's good information. Or you would say, what about this? Or what about this? So getting to just ask questions a lot to them and then just looking at other videos and seeing like what is just like wasteful and how you can really just fine tune and make it, you know, use your instinctual video editing capabilities to make it quick and make the viewer want to keep watching it. And um, yeah, I just, I guess having access to coaches to ask them, what do you want to see? What do you not want to see was pretty helpful. That's awesome. So top three things that coaches want to see. Oh God, man. I haven't done these in a minute. 
here's what a lot of them said. They're like, I can tell a kid within the first 20 seconds. Like I, I can tell if a kid, if I'm interested in a kid in the first 20 seconds of a video towards the, the latter part of that, when I was over in Houston was incorporating the kids' personalities into it. So the kid might be an okay athlete, but a coach can, if you mic them up and you shoot them for a practice, like the coach can see that kid and see what they're like and be like, Oh yes, I would click with that kid. Um, so maybe it's just like shooting a, an intro where it's like not staged and stuffy and it, you know, like fun and letting the kid be themselves. That's probably a big thing. Yeah. And then I guess not bunting. They don't not bunting. <laughs> they're pretty firm on that. Like bunting off a front toss is worthless. <laughs> it is. So, it truly is. I'm yeah. really glad. I'm really glad you mentioned the personality because this is why college coaches all the time. They're like, Hey, we're looking at your Twitter. We're looking at your Instagram because we want to know if you're a good person right. <laughs> and if you're yourself, like, cause right. it's so obvious to see who like fake people are in the internet because it looks like, again, it's staged and it's not your actual personality. So I think that's cool. So did you do like cute little intros of just like, Hey, I'm so-and-so and here's my video or things like yeah, that? When like I was in Houston, we, we would change them for each kid some of them we would just like put them in an uncomfortable situation because it was going to be really, it was just going to be funny. Yeah. So like we, we did one of them where I think a girl hit one and then was like rounding the bases and her whole team was at home plate, just like screaming and going crazy for her. And mm -hmm. she would be like, Hey coach, my name is so-and-so check me out or something. And, you know, so we would kind of put them in like funny things to where the coach instantly would be like, Oh, this is, this is different. Like, this is fun. Mm -hmm. This is, I'm engaged. Like I want to keep watching. Um, and I think I learned a lot from my college coach too, who I would help him with like, you know, giving tours and when we would have prospective athletes come on campus and just watching how he clicked and how he would talk with them and stuff. And just realizing that college coaches have been doing this for so long and that they can tell like pretty quickly and just getting their attention and, yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun to show personalities for sure. Cause you know, if you don't have that a coach, never hears him say a word other than like ball, ball, ball. And like, that's it. So, right. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, it reminds me of like, when you write a good essay, I don't know. I loved, I, I would rather write an essay than take a test any day of the week, but like you have to grab the attention in the first few sentences. Right. Yep. You know? Like that's going to dictate whether it's something that you want to read or not. Yeah. And if you have them in the first few sentences, like they might stay longer. And I yeah. think that's, that's kind of the way you got to look at it. I did not know we were going to talk about recruiting videos today, okay. but I'm all for it. We are. Uh, <laughs> I interrupt this incredible interview with Jade Hewitt. Aren't you guys just loving her? To do a listener shout out. So this shout out's from Softball Mom. She wrote this on Apple Podcast and she said, love your podcast. Thank you for all wisdom, knowledge, and advice on everything softball. As a parent, your content is both valuable to me and my daughters as we navigate this fun and competitive sport. Can't wait to hear more. Thanks so much, Softball Mom. You and like many other Softball Moms out there, I have heard so many amazing reviews just like this one, and it warms my heart so much that you listen with your athlete. That is so incredible that you're already starting her off with these interviews and listening to some of the best share their testimonies and share their love for the game. And it's so inspiring to know that they are also finding a lot of joy in this podcast. 
If you're loving this podcast just as much as Softball Mom, I would love it if you just wrote me a review. It's seriously one of the fastest ways to grow our podcast. We were named one of the top 5% of sports podcasts so far, and you will help be able to reach more people by simply writing a review, just like Softball Mom did. So thank you so much, Softball Mom. I'm looking forward to doing more listener shout outs here in the near future. Thanks so much for tuning in, and let's get back to this episode with Jade. I know we spent so much time talking about how you started dabbling into recording um, athletes and how you started just taking the game aside from actually playing it to getting people in pictures. So let's talk about the Dallas Charge. So for those of you who don't know, um, this is what it's game for. I know, I know. This is this is where I was drafted to play. So I was drafted to play out out of college to play for the Dallas Charge. <laughs> it's so crazy to think of how this relationship started. Because this journey was not my favorite journey in my life, in my career. It was actually a hard journey for me. And there were a few people that got me through it. And Jade Hewitt was one of those people uh, (laughs) that helped me realize what I was capable of. But can you share, maybe, I I didn't even know you interned at first. I thought you were like on staff, taking pictures of us from the get-go. But it started with an internship and it turned into like this incredible journey. So take me along that, that ride of starting with the charge and what you were able to do for us and continue on. So I was in uh, grad school at the time. And so would have my summers kind of, you know, free. And I remember being on Facebook and seeing like new team announcement or something for the Dallas charge. And I was like, Oh, Dallas isn't that far from me. I was living in new Orleans at the time. And so I, um, I was like, this is, I want to go do this. I wasn't necessarily thinking like a lifetime career, but I was like, I want to get on that train for the summer. Called up Kevin Shelton, who's the general manager and had like, you know, my obnoxious resume and was like so pumped. And he basically was like, thanks, but no thanks. Um, Cause he was at the time, like they had just announced, he's trying to just get players and figure out where they're going to be. And like, all the the foundational stuff. He's not thinking like, who's going to post to our Twitter account. You know, like mm-hmm. he's got so many other things going on. Um, he was very nice. And I was like, Oh man, that's a bummer. Well, then I see them advertise for advertiser in- interns. And I was like, okay, here we go. So I applied and Laura Vio was the assistant general manager. She was like, Hey, you know, you're going to be like our media person. I remember showing up on the first day they had, it was, there was 21 interns, which is just like an ungodly amount. And they had us all categorized by our department. And then at the very bottom, it just said media, Jade Hewitt. (laughs) It was just me. (laughs) And I was like, let's game on. So went in and had like a million and a half ideas. I had a three and a half page document that was just like overloaded with stuff. And Kevin Shelton was like, go for it, which is like, you know, the greatest thing that you could ever hear in your life. And so just started, started shooting and probably didn't really know what I was doing at all. Um, the headshots I took that summer are maybe the worst headshots that have ever been taken in the history of photography. I still um, have mine, Jade. So yeah, <laughs> we were in that pro shop that was like a 10 by 10 room and the background yes. was on top of an air vent. 
that we had to turn <laughs> off. And it was just like, I didn't know how to work life. I didn't know how to do anything, but like press the trigger. And like, the, even then it was a little sketchy. So started in, yeah, started interning. And like, I, I was thinking about this last night. I remember our first practice. I don't know if you remember. It was at the extra innings of Plano indoor facility. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like kind of bobbing around. It's like a, you know, a cage facility. And I remember taking your photograph and you were in a gray Purdue shirt. And I remember I was on a cert, I, I guess I was on a longer lens and I couldn't fit you. In <laughs> and I, I took your picture and I was like, oh my God, like she looks so, well, I guess you're this way. I was like, she looks so athletic. And I remember Kevin even commenting on that picture. I don't know if this is going to show up and I oh can send this to you if you want to like cut it in. Well, but- this is recording on, this will probably be up on YouTube. So people on YouTube okay. will be able to see this. Okay. Yeah. I remember that, sh- that, that day. And I loved this picture. Like <laughs> I thought this picture was so cool. It's a little, it's a little cockeyed. That was not intentional. That's because <laughs> I didn't know what was going on and how to take pictures, but I loved this photograph. And I remember that was day one and just how like, un- like you look fierce in that picture, but like just unbelievably sweet. And like, everyone was just so nice. And then that whole summer, just, I remember y'all went away on the first road trip and I wasn't, I didn't go with you guys. It was just Laura. Cause I, you know, I was an intern there. I guess send me. And I remember you guys left and I was like, so bummed. And then you guys came back and by the next road trip, they were like, okay, you're going to join them. Like you're going to travel with them on the road. And like, greatest thing of my life. Mm -hmm. I was so excited to just like run and gun and be there and like be with everybody and then just shoot my face off. And, you know, it was awesome because I was an intern. So I didn't have all of the super heavy responsibilities. Like I was only doing the stuff that I was like, this is cool. I didn't, you know, when you join full time, you get all these other, just an intern was like riding the wave, like the ultimate and just, I had so much fun. It was like the most fun summer ever. Just, oh man, I look back on it now and I'm like, that literally was just like the, the jumping board for everything was just that summer. And how cool that Kevin was like, just go at it. Like your whole three page thing. Just do it. Do whatever. Like, this is professional softball we're talking about. (laughs) Like, and you're, I mean, you're an intern that's like, oh, I've never done this before, but here we go. But never as an athlete did I think that you didn't seem professional. You know, like, (laughs) on your, I mean, you're so good at having side conversations and joking around and like keeping it loose. But like, in my mind, I was like, oh no, Jade, like, she is full time. I I had no idea you were an intern (laughs) until just recently. because of the roles that you had and because of the impact that you truly made, like on our program, like this is a first, first year team, inaugural team never existed before and throwing an intern who is now, you know, taking shots for athletes and limited taking shots on literal tops trading cards. You have those (laughs) in team USA. And like, it's crazy to think like how this journey started for you, but do you feel like, it was because of that beginning that has led you to become who you are now, like shooting some of the best in the world, you know, shooting team USA in 2020. Like that's, 
I'm sure that when you started, maybe that was a goal that you had, but like, do you feel like you would have been able to push and launch that fast if you hadn't had that opportunity with Dallas? Not at all. And when I, like, even when I look back at the roster, I'm just like, I, I left that summer feeling like a million dollars, feeling like $2 million. Like I left with the most incredible feeling and I was surrounded with a group of athletes who was so welcoming and so kind and hyped. Like, like now when I look at like what I consider my strengths, I'm like a hype woman. Like when you come to a photo shoot, like I want to hype you up. I want you to feel and look amazing. But then, because it was like, I was so new, it was the other way around. And I was the one that was like being hyped up. And without that kind of like support um, and like nourishment, there's no, I, I could have left that summer feeling like isolated or like, oh, they didn't want me there or, oh, you know, they didn't think what I did was good or whatever, whatever. And I, it, the complete opposite. Had I left feeling like, well, that sucked, would have been an entirely different story. I would have gone back to grad school and probably just looked for whatever to do or look to stay in New Orleans. But that that environment and that group of people, like, especially Angie Kyosho, um, who was just the darling of, of, of OG softball, um, there were just a lot of people, players included, who, like, really just put their trust and their faith in me and who, like, stuck their neck out for me and invited me into rooms that I probably shouldn't have been in, but they were just like very kind and were like, come do the, come, come shoot behind the scenes of the CBS shoot. And I'm like, what days? I don't know what's happening. Like people (laughs) didn't have to be that nice to me. And they were, and, and that summer just made me be like, this is the ultimate, like best feeling three months of adrenaline. This is where I, I, this is where I'm parking it and I'm staying here. So yeah, it absolutely set the foundation hands down. Man, that's such a, I love that testimony. And I I think (laughs) I love more the fact that you were like, man, other people were hyping me up. I'm like, but no. So, uh, so a little (laughs) bit about how I feel like you are my hype woman was like, there were days where I felt like, what am I doing here? Like I am next to Lauren Hager. I am next to all Americans women's college world series champions. And I'm sitting here like, uh, I came from Purdue. I have no idea what I'm doing, which I'm sure there were times where you were shooting and like, you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. Right. (laughs) But it it was one of those where like, when I, when you saw any disbelief in me, in myself, you were like, dude, look at this photo. I just took of you. (laughs) You guys are coming to the dugout. And I, I, it's like a, it's like a twit. Like you can't help it. You're just like, look at this you're trying to be quiet, but you're like, look at this photo. Yeah. yeah Pressure absolutely. situation. You know, we're down by a run. Hey, look right. at this photo. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ashley, I know you got to go back on a defense, but check out this photo I took. <laughs> you got like no. the players, especially that summer, because I was so new and I, w- you know, I was young. I was, I was 25 then. I was actually the oldest intern. I got made fun of all the time. But like, I, especially that summer, looked at every single one of you guys, which is like, the biggest, like, this is Ashley Burkhart. You know what I mean? Like, the, I remember watching you guys get drafted, like, just hanging the moon. Like, it was the, it was the ultimate, like, the ultimate. So any, any time I got to do anything with you guys, it was just the most special experience ever. Like, immediately get done and then call my dad and be like, dad, 
I just took pictures of Ashley Burke. You know what I mean? Like never fails. I'm still that way, but especially then. Yeah. But that's what I love about you. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I remember when I was playing, I was just like, okay, Monica's, Monica's on the mound. This is one of my favorite stories that I ever told. It's like the first time I hit against Monica and I'm pretty sure I didn't start the game, but we were losing by 10. So we're like, let's just throw Ashley in. I think that was yeah. the point that was, that was actually that day. But I remember like seeing Monica on the mound and I was like, is this real life? Like, am I really going to go hit against Monica? She read me like the back of her hand. She was like three strikes right down the middle. Let's get her. That's all it took. I was out in three, but in I love it. At the ball fields at Craig Ranch, the fans would get quiet and then she would throw and then it would all be like, Ooh, so it was yeah. like even worse. Like, Oh, it was yeah. like, it's like, help us stop. Yeah. But I think my favorite part about telling the story was like, well, it started with the worst and now we're just going to chip away. Like now let's touch her. And then I ended up like popping up to like, I ended up touching her, popped up to third and I'm like, that's a win. That's a yeah. win. You know? And I just like worked my way up. I ended up getting, I think I ended up hitting like a heart, like the hardest ground ball I've ever hit in my life to the second baseman, but she got it and got me out. But I was like, that's a win. I'm just, just it's a win here. Like for sure. But that was one of those like starstruck moments for, for me. So like, oh, let's talk. Let's talk Team USA. You probably have starstruck moments all the time. You're working with celebrities in softball. It's actually that first summer, probably one of my biggest starstruck moments was the first series we played was against the Rebellion at home. And then the second series we played was against the Pride at home. And the Pride games were on CBS that year. So it was like, you know, there were more people around and stuff. And I photographed the game and we would put all the pictures on Facebook. And I woke up the next morning and I was, uh, my past teammates, family, let them, let me live with them for free all summer. Shout out like crazy. Awesome. And I woke up and I had a tag on Facebook and all kinds of text messages. So I opened up my Facebook and Kat had posted the pictures I took of her and tagged me and been like, special thanks to Jade Hewitt for taking these awesome pictures. And I was just laying in bed like, oh, uh, what? Like, could, so I called a woman that worked for the Pride and I was like, Kat, Kat has, she's got someone who runs her social, right? Like she doesn't run her social. And she goes, no, Kat like takes ownership of all of her social media. That was her. And dude, I was like, I'm done. Shut it down. This is the end of my career. Kat Osterman just posted about me on Facebook. <laughs> I call, I called, I texted every single person I knew. It was like the, the coolest, one of the biggest moments ever where I was like, oh my God, she said my name. Like we laugh about it now all the time. Cause I'm such a little geek, but yeah, that was, I had a bunch of those starstruck moments that summer. Uh, I interviewed Jessica Mendoza when we were in Colorado, which was horrifying and awesome at the same time, that one was awful. It was, there was, there was a lot. And I still have them all the time with the same people. Like it never, it never gets old ever that you're photographing or doing something with these people ever. It's just so awesome. Is Jessica Mendoza as real as she seems like, is she just one of the best she, humans ever? She's like, she's just so warm and like inviting and just like kind. And I remember listening to her speak at NFCA and I literally just wanted to get up and start like this pumping because I'm like, yes, like she, I have looked up to her for so long for like what she does for women's sports. 
And she's just an unbelievably kind, brilliant, just smart, intelligent, obscene. You ever watch footage of her like hitting an outside pitch? Because it should it should be put in the Louvre. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So yeah, she's she's pretty up there on my I'm obsessed list. That's I love that. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so you've worked with AU. You work with Team USA. What I want to know what your top three moments are that you've had. Like maybe maybe in total, Jessica yeah. Mendoza, I'm assuming might be one of those. But like <laughs> top three moments of like this career that you've dreamt of, that you're living the dream right now. What are what have been like your top three moments so far? Definitely in 2018 with USA when uh, we were over in Chiba, Japan, and won gold at the WBSC World Championships. Um, which secured our spot in the, we had actually secured the spot right before the game in the Olympics. Um, but that game was like, you know, us in Japan. So at that point, both are qualified. It's, it's for pride. Um, so uh, that, that game was the most unbelievable game ever. But to be perfectly honest with you, it was like 10 innings. And I don't remember a lot of it. Like when, when you're looking through a lens for 75% of the game, you actually miss quite a lot. And there have been championship games and like big games I've been a part of where you watch footage after and you're like, I didn't, I have no recollection of that happening. So, so definitely I got a gold medal. I still have it. Um, wow. That, that whole experience was just like, I worked with USA before, but then getting to be with the national team. It was just like this unbelievable thing where, I'm with these people. I'm wearing red, white, and blue. Like I get to, I get to ride the bus with, I get to be a part of this family. So that was really special. Yeah. My medal's definitely still in my room. Um, so I would say that probably, uh, in 2017 with the dogs when we won the NPF championship, that one was really special. Again, it's a game where we had, we played a double header that day cause we lost game one. So we had to win game two and three and it was so hot. I, I thought I, I just thought I was about to pass out or just like melt away. It was, it was so hot there in Baton Rouge. Um, so I got to, we won that here in Baton Rouge, um, which was special because it's where I'm from. And getting to witness Monica throw 14 innings on that Sunday, like that was just godlike. No one's ever going to do. I mean, it was just unbelievable. So yeah, that one meant a whole lot. Um, and then probably this tops deck, which. I probably talk about it too much, but like, I can't help it. It's, it's, I, I don't have them with me. They're, oh man. But the, the <laughs> tops deck was like, we, we talked about it with AU before the season, like just potential stuff and la la. And it never registered until we were like way down the line. And I was like, wait, these are going to be my pictures. What? And then it was like, when I held him in my hand, I just couldn't believe it. Like selfishly, because yes, like I did get to take those photographs, but on the much bigger and more important side of it, like to see, it's kind of two levels. Number one, to see these athletes who I know deserve everything and deserve the world and don't always get that because we're professional softball and we're just not quite the machine that, the NFL is or whatever. So to see these girls who I am so tightly knit with to see them on a tops card, like immortalized for forever, just blew my mind. But then the other part of that was 
at that, at, at the point those cards came out as I had worked in like pro softball for like five years and literally like, I'm not trying to be cheesy, but thinking about all of the women who came before that deck, who somehow made that deck happen. People like yourself who put in the year, the two year, whatever, all those years of sticking with pro softball and not giving up on it and keeping it running to where now, you know, Sam Shaw has a tops card. And that meant a lot to me because not everybody knows the thousands of people who came before, but I do. And I so appreciate people like you, people like you who put in the work, didn't get the recognition that I think you guys deserve. And then now, you know, seeing these girls that, that get to get it. So it was kind of a twofold thing that made me like, it really kind of made me emotional seeing it. And, uh, then like seeing on Twitter, all these like young girls holding up their decks, like, you know, and I, it's just, you know, when I was a kid, I had the Sosa, Mark McGuire. Uh, Me too. I had, yeah. I had all those cards. And now looking at girls who they're, they get to literally trade away Aubrey Monroe card, not they trading away Aubrey, but they get to trade cards. <laughs> you know, they get to get a Sam Fisher card. They get to get a cat card. It just, it, it blows my mind and it makes me so unbelievably proud and excited. So yeah, I would, I'll, I'll definitely say the tops cards. Absolutely. I feel like yeah. a kid holding them. Like I'm such a little geek. I'm like, this is so cool. It's so cool. Man, you deserve that and more. <laughs> and you're making me emotional talking about it. Cause I never really looked at it that way that yeah. like, I somehow could have influenced that. I don't, I don't know how the heck I would have, but the fact that you can see that. Like we're on ESPN and we have like these major sponsorship deals and like these major partners and, you know, even just like they get a bunch of nice uniforms and they get this and they get that. And it's like, when you just look at the past and all of the girls who just went through the grinder in pro softball, you know, it's just, you're just, you're so great. You're grateful for them. And I'm grateful that I got to taste both worlds that I got to be a part of this one. And now also a part of this one. That's, yeah. that's really special to me. Yeah. It is pretty cool seeing the rise of it. And, you know, I was going to save this till the end, but you are a huge part in that. And I know I don't, you probably don't see it. I mean, maybe with the tops card, you're probably like, okay, I can feel it now. <laughs> but but you know, back when we played, back when I played pro, which I was not the first to play pro, there are many before me that have probably their own stories of this, but like, you're right. Like, I mean, Lauren Hager talks about it all the time. Like we were literally changing in the bathroom before games, like, and there were little girls in the bath. Like, it was just like, it's not, it's not your ideal perception of like pro softball, but like to see it grow in the way that it has and to be just geeking out over every game that's being played in athletes unlimited. Yeah. And knowing that you're there, like shooting all these photos, it's just like, it felt so I, I did, I did feel a little bit of like that pride and like, look how far we've come guys. Right. Like, and like, would I love, would I have loved to play on that field? Probably. Heck yeah. Like I'm like, get, sign me up, put me in that Nike <laughs> uniform. Like, I don't care how old I am now. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, that's how I, I felt the entire time witnessing athletes unlimited, but it's just so cool to, you know, have been the player and now seeing it, but like, you're literally like every year you're like, no, we're growing in this way. And I think <laughs> this is why, this is why I love having this conversation because I want the world to see the woman behind the lens, 
the woman behind the billboards, the woman behind, you know, I, I still in my mind can picture when you said in the world championships when Team USA won and you were over in Japan, I remember that photo of Delaney Spalding, you know, holding up that gold medal. Yeah. And like, that was you taking the photo. So I think it's really, really important to just be able to sit back and be like, our sport would not be where it is without Jay Hewitt. Because without you jumping into Dallas Charge and saying, hey, I'm going to be an intern and I'm just going to try all these things out. I'm going to see how I can get these girls to be seen by the world. And I think, and this is why I had to have you on the show. Because like, <laughs> I need people to see that journey that you've made and that softball has also made in that time. And you're huge. You're a huge part of that. I guess it probably all goes back to the fact that I played myself. And so there's, there's like a whole separate level of appreciation just sitting there watching you hit in the cages like god what she's doing is you know what i mean like there's just this it's there's just a whole level of love for the game i think because because with with athletes unlimited like we're heading into volleyball i don't know if i can spell ball i don't know anything about volleyball so it's like it's going to be this whole new experience of i have no idea what's happening you know what i mean like venturing out into a new sport where I talk about, I feel so at home. I feel so ingrained. I feel so threaded into the community now going into volleyball. It's just, it's, 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 you're it's so lucky. Like with softball, I have been, I hit the jackpot, like with the charge. I was a young female. I had my own gear. Like I lived close enough. I mean, there were so many things that were just like happenstance to, to work out in my favor and to be able to like ride this way for so long, especially because like it's softball and there's not, there's not billions of dollars in our you know world. So to yeah. be able just to keep working in this and uh, also like there's girls from that first year that I still get to work with, which is like the coolest thing. Like I have known you for so long. I've seen you on seven different teams, you know, like all over the country and still to be able to work with people. Like it's the most unbelievable, just stroke of luck and blessing ever. And hopefully, hopefully we get to keep shooting for a million more years. Cause I don't ever want to stop shooting ever. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're that human that I remember when I was playing and I was like, Hey Jade, like you made these really cool posters. Can you print off a bunch for me and like send them to me? Not knowing like it was going to take so much of your effort to do this. You were like, Oh my God, I'd give you the shirt off my back. Like, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, of course. Hey Jade, like, can you pull the, the logo of my signature? I literally asked you for so much. And I was like, naive, not really understanding all of it. It makes me want to go back to every single photo I posted that you've taken of me and be like, tag Jade Hewitt. Tag Jade Hewitt. Like, <laughs> I'm actually probably going to do that as soon as we're done. Oh, I'm going to spend an hour. Please. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. I think because a lot of that is just like, I know, like, I know your guys' lives. Like, you know, I know when you play pro ball, you're not making $300,000 to play ball. You're you're playing the game. You're really playing pro because you love it and you get a little something, but it's not like in years past, like you've gotten enough money to really sustain. So like, you know, even though we're far away, even though I'm not with you, like I, I still, I want to help you guys do what you want to do for the sport. Like do what you want to do, what you're trying to do for the community and for yourself, because like you are hustling and bustling with like your own business. And I know what you went through to get where you are. So like when you need something like 
call me, tweet me, DM me, like, let's get it done type of thing. Just because I, I just, again, it, it just goes back to like, I, I look at you guys and I'm like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. and anything, anything that, you know, that you guys need, especially like in the off season, like, I just want to help and, you know, help you keep your journey just rocking and rolling type of thing. I'm already thinking of big plans of how I can get you up here and like doing a video shoot or photo shoot. And Gosh, dude, I'm be so fun. My mind spinning like <laughs> like me because now I'm gonna be like, Same. that's Thanks. literally how I go to sleep at night. Like 2 a.m. thoughts. I'm like, I need to write this down. Like this is this is the stuff I want to make happen. I've even thought about <laughs> having a charming reunion with like an awesome lighting setup and like kind of actually intentionally this time kick it to where it's a little off kilter <laughs> and like yeah. Hey, I got all these ideas now, girl. You can't say something like that to me. <laughs> uh, you know, so I have someone who's been working for me. She's part of my team. She's been doing a lot of video editing for me. I actually need to set her up with you because I feel like there's so much that she wants to do in the game. And I feel like she, I mean, honestly, this podcast episode might be for her. So who knows? But yeah, no. I'll, I'll- sense of pride in that. There's been a couple of... Uh, girls that are younger than me that you know are, are me 10 years ago or seven years ago or something who have like reached out to me over the years and just said like really sweet things like a lot of them are on instagram that's kind of where everybody's at and i i take such pride in that and i take that very seriously and uh there's been quite a few girls that just over the years like we keep in touch and like i i want to know what you're up to i want a, if there's anything you, I can ever assist you with, but also like, what are you doing right now? Because I, I want some fresh ideas. Like I want to talk about stuff and it's been really cool because there's like this one girl, um, Joy Marshall, we talked for like years on Instagram and she was really cool. We would just kind of hype each other up and just, Hey, if you need anything, let me know. And then this summer she came down to Florida and got to shoot a pro game. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, it just makes me so proud. And I'm just like, you know, lift, like lift each other up. And I know it's super cheesy and you probably see it all the time, but that phrase that's like, um, uh, real Queens fix each other's crowns or something. Yeah. It's so cheesy, but I'm like, I'm so about that. Like, I'm so about, trying to be that person for someone, especially someone younger. And then when joy gets to be well, see, you know, some more season down the road, she's going to be that person. And it just continues on. Cause again, there were so many people who, who gave me everything so I could get to where I'm at. So, and it's interesting because now like you look at the players who also think about that as well. You know what I mean? Like you guys have that same line of thinking in your own field. And that's, I think it's what, you know, women's sports need and it's what makes softball great because everyone tends to be like that, you know? Yeah. You know what else, what makes both of our careers great is the fact that we both have dove into something that we really didn't know a whole lot about, but knew that we were going to suck at first yes. and, then, and then reap the rewards a lot later, you know, like yeah. you starting as an intern with the Dallas charge, knowing that like, this is not going to be your best stuff, but it's like, you're just going at it and doing the best that you can and learning along the way. And that has led you to the career that you have now. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? I have made even like way before the charge, I have made so much work. That's so bad. Even if you go and like, if you go and look at those Dallas charge pictures, I feel like a solid 50% are just not even in focus, like a little bit, but like, they're not, you know what I mean? Like, 
you just, it's like, everyone's got to go through it. You know, you got, you just put in so much work and just at some point it's like hitting yourself out of a slump. Like you just, you just got to do it. It's just going to happen and everyone's got to go through it. So I feel you on that, but oh man, there's some work now that I would look at and just be like cringe fest, but we all go through it. So remember that Uptown Funk video we made at a hotel? That was epic. I was, again, I was thinking about that last night because weren't you, didn't you come do the parking lot scene? Yes. Briefly. It was I did, like, I think I did the full parking lot, but in the, when Q and I think it was Cherry, they did like a cool scene. I was brief on that one. Were, were you, was that, I'm trying to remember if that was the pool one too, because we shot a little scene. I did that one too. I did yeah. all the things, Jane. Dude. When Jane was like, hey, we're going to shoot this. Do you want to do it? I'm like, no, but I'm going to do it anyway. Probably one of those ideas where someone should have probably been like, no, Jade. Don't do this. We were, I remember because that road trip that we were on was 24 days. I think it was 24. It was long. We were on the road because we came back to Dallas and we had like an eight-hour window. And then we had to leave to drive to Houston, I think. Mm-hmm. So we were on the road for so long. And I just remember being like let's do something. Let's just do something fun and silly that has no point to it. Mm. And so I'm we so did, awkward in those videos, by the way. Oh my God. But so great. The fun fact was Hager was supposed to be with Q and Cherry maybe, or, or Q and Nick, but Hager had to go to the ESPYs. Oh, and yeah. I was like, dude, we're not rescheduling this. Like we're still going to shoot it. I remember her getting her being like, really? But we shot that at the hotel and had so much fun. Again, it's another situation where had you guys said no, we never would have done that. And then the next year, I did the NPF music video with Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake, which reached just under a million people. Had you guys said no to the first one, to the charge, never would have done the second one, ever. Mm. Never would have done carpool karaoke. So it's like... It's like a true example of how the charge laid that foundation. And you guys were like, yeah, let's, let's meet in the parking lot and we're going to get behind a moving car while Jade films in the back of the hatchback. <laughs> and we put Uptown Funk on a Bluetooth speaker and we walk to the beat. Like, who, who does that? Awesome people like smiling. God, I love you so much. Man. I love you we're so much. That. We're going to unearth that video and we'll, we'll get that out to the public. Oh, when this podcast podcast comes out, we are posting it everywhere. <laughs> Let's do it. hundred percent. We got to do it. You got to teach me about marketing. So I feel like oh. that'll be good for us. God, awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I do want to ask you five final questions that won't take long. They're going to be just quick answers. Um, but before I ask them, I want to just thank you so much because I can't like my cheeks hurt from smiling so much from this conversation. <laughs> and I just love you so much. I can't wait to see what magic we can create after this. It's going to be incredible. I need to send well, you some gears. And without like getting stage 10 mushy, it, it like, to be able to still communicate and talk with people from that very first year is so special to me. And it means so much to me. And to see you out there crushing and succeeding and making a name for yourself, you have a a hat with your logo on it. Like you're doing something right. Like (laughs) to see that brings me so much pride and it, it makes me just so unbelievably excited and thrilled and just 
like I got to be in that, like my first season, I got to meet people like you. And it's just, it, it makes me so unbelievably excited and it's, it makes me feel very warm inside. So I won't get, I won't go any further mushier than that. Cause I tend to be a little emotional sometimes. <laughs> well, the feeling is hundred percent mutual. <laughs> I love you so much. All right. Let's knock these questions out before right. we start crying. Yeah. Okay. I need to know what your favorite thing about softball is. Probably the things that the the things that people don't see unless you're like in dugout, like the the little moments that build character. For instance, and I'll make it quick. In uh, 2017, we were playing in Sugarland, and uh, it was a, a an extra inning ball game, really tight ball game, and it was really intense. And Kiki and MJ weren't um, in the starting lineup. They so they weren't playing defense. Whoever was in center field forgot their visor. Okay. MJ grabs the visor, sprints out to center field between innings to bring it to that person. Okay. Comes back in the dugout and just super quietly as she comes in the dugout, Kiki Stokes puts her hand out for a little high five and just says, good hustle. It, 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 it gives me goosebumps. It like makes me emotional. Wow. And just those little moments where you're just like team player, mm. loves character. Like those little moments amongst many others are probably my favorite. Okay. That's so beautiful. Answers, but that one, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what's crazy is like, we are filming this right like on the day that Kiki Stokes' episode of the podcast has come out. Is it really? Oh, it literally God. just came out this morning. I oh, love that. God. And I love her. Gosh, everybody listening. I mean, finish this, this one. We're almost done, but like then go watch, <laughs> go listen to Kiki's next yeah, because an another genuine human Thank love her. Ugh. That's so great. Look at that segue. Oh my gosh. Look at, Look us. at us. Look at us doing it. <laughs> I love it. But I agree. Those moments, you, you really can't beat those moments. Yeah. Ugh, so good. Okay. I want to know this since a lot of parents are on here and you're living your dream. What's a lesson that your parents taught you that it still has stuck with you today? Probably. I remember my dad saying a lot as a kid and just growing up, to like let things roll off your back. Like I said, I'm like, I'm a little bit more of an emotional person, like highly invested with the people closest to me. Um, So I would say probably letting, let things roll off your back. It's something I'm still not very good at, but in those times I think about my, my dad telling me, let things roll off your back. And every day when I left before school, my mom would tell me, be nice, be sweet, be kind. So, um, you know, who, who knows if I am those things, but yeah. You are was, all of those things and more. <laughs> yeah. I'll say those two things. Shout out to mama and papa on that one. Oh, so <laughs> I love that. <laughs> who was, or maybe is now your greatest role model? I feel like I have categories. Yeah. Um, are you, do you want someone famous or do you like a, like a, like a celebrity or it could be anybody? You know, honestly, I kind of want to know the categories. If we're going to go like celebrity, celebrity, it's probably Mariska Hargitay, who most people know from Law & Order SVU. (laughs) Um, She directs, produces, edits, she does the whole nine. Like, what a boss. Like, (laughs) I I just look at her and I'm like, those are the qualities I want. (laughs) If we're talking about someone in my field, it would probably be Carol Brugeman, who Mm. is the... Is it just press? I feel like she has so many different titles, probably. But yeah, did you know she coached at Purdue? 
Oh, I didn't know that. She coached. I'm wearing, I'm literally wearing the shirt for those of you on the podcast that are like, what? Yeah. She, she was, I think our inaugural coach at Purdue, coach Brunk. What? Yes. Educate me girl. Yeah. Carol Brogman. I, I only get to work with her for one week out of the year at NFCA. And she is just, I look at her and I'm like, those are the qualities, her leadership qualities, her, her just wit, her intelligence, her ability to command a room, her, her ability to take the high road. Like she possesses so many qualities that as a, as a, just a person, but as a woman, I'm like, that's, I, I would like a helping of that. I just, Mm. I look at her and I'm like, I want, I, I hope I have qualities like her. And I hope that someday I could be of just her unbelievable character and uh, be held in that regard. I don't know of a person who doesn't like Carol Brugman. I don't think they exist. So yeah. And then, um, so I'll go, I'll go last quarter category. And then probably someone on the day to day, she's probably going to roll her eyes when I say this, but probably Aubrey Monroe. Yes. Uh, yeah. She's, um, yeah, she's just an unbelievable human and, uh, someone who very lucky to know and someone who, you know, although I consider us good friends when I get to photograph her, I'm like, what, you know, still like that after quite a few years. So yeah. So I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with those three. I feel like those are pretty good. Pretty solid. That's a pretty good group. Yeah. That's a pretty good shout out Carol at Purdue. I didn't know that. I know I'm going to have to tech. Oh, I don't have her number, but I'll have to show her this after. Hey, Sure. Yeah, no, she is a genuine human. And and I will say this. So Aubrey was probably one of my favorite um, photos that you took the, the headshots with the blue background for team USA headshots, blue background with like the, for team USA. I'm gonna have to look it up if I need to. Is it the black but, background or it was blue? It's black, but then there were like blue neon lights. Oh man. Fun facts. Oh gosh. I didn't take those, but I'm honored that you thought that I did. I Darn, did. I should have just took credit and then send it to the guy <laughs> that's been like, hey, no, but those pictures are so dope. Shoot. Yeah, those were those were shot by the actual uh, like team USA guys after mm. they had um, announced everybody. Yeah. Okay. Those pictures are fire. And when when I when I saw them, I did that thing where like we have like photo envy and you're like, you get in a bad mood because you're not the one that took that photo. I just like, made Jade Hewitt in a bad mood. I just put you in a bad mood, didn't I? It's okay. It's, you know what I mean? It's okay. It's <laughs> like someone else gets that walk off hit and you're like, I'm happy overall. But right. Dang, like, right. That's mine. Yeah. yeah. Those but, pictures, it, legit, no. but I bet a lot of people thought that was you. You know, I, I, I won't, I won't turn anybody else down. They want to get <laughs> Yeah, no. Oh man, those are so great. I don't think I've ever taken a bad picture of Aubrey ever. Or all she's so photogenic. Yeah, That's so annoying. And now she's got that cute puppy she's taking photos with all day long. My heart. Day, long. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, I got two more questions for you. One of them is, what advice would you give twelve-year-old Jade? Do you want to know what Aubrey's answer was when I interviewed her? Oh yes. She said, "Embrace your quirkiness." Okay. I was about to say, keep it weird. So keep it weird. Yeah. I'm glad you said it. Cause that's what I would tell myself too. Like, you know, <laughs> embrace like, your awkward. Yeah. Like I, I had really awesome friends growing up to where I 100% got to lean into my weirdness and awkwardness yeah. and like, 
And, and it's the, the people that are in my, the, my circle and my friends, they love me for it. And they're like, yeah, your pillowcase is Harry Potter. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like just, just embrace it and don't, don't try and don't try and be cool because you think something else is cool. Like just be weird. It's fine. Everyone loves weird. Yeah. I know. And I think we're finally getting to the stage where like Instagram is less staged and more be yourself. And I think exactly. I think everybody needs to be that, to be honest. Authenticity, my girl. It's where it is. Yes. I love it. (laughs) I love that we're both weird too. That makes me happy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, Jade, before I ask you this final question, I need to know how people can follow you, how they can see all of the work that you're doing, how they can see the impact that you're doing for other people. Where can they find you and what platform do you love to hang out on the most? I'm definitely on Instagram the most as a, as a photo person. So, uh, Instagram is at Jane Hewitt media. Uh, I love me some, I love me some, some good old Instagram. I, I post mostly pictures I've taken, not pictures of myself. I'm on Twitter at, at the same at Jane Hewitt media. Uh, my website is www.jadehewittmedia.com. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty, pretty easy to get a hold of, you know, just, uh, shoot me that little DM or something, but yeah. I love it. Perfect. Everybody go follow her. Now you can find her work on tops cards. Insanity to think about, but that's so (laughs) awesome. All right. Final question. What legacy do you want to leave on the game of softball? You know, it's funny because I have asked that question to the athletes in interview sessions. (laughs) And to me, it's just a question. And I've never flipped it and thought about it myself. Oh, I'm so happy I asked. So now I'm like, oh God, probably so. Is that, yeah, I thought it would be harder, but uh, I, I think probably someone who is devoted to the softball athletes and the game of softball. Like softball is my number one. And Yes, I love other sports and I support women of all sports, no matter what it is. But someone who is like, she lived and breathed the game of softball and the athletes that play it. And that they came above anything else. That it's that the athletes, the athletes are first and the and the and the game is first. And then probably as like a sub to that, like to be rem- to be remembered as somebody who like made you feel awesome. Like I said earlier, like when girls come for photo shoots, like it is my job to absolutely make you feel so hype and like so good and just like and I'm not doing that out of fakeness. I'm doing that because I legitimately think that you are the greatest thing ever. And like, sometimes it's like interesting because girls will be like, thanks. You know what I mean? But I'm like, dude, like I, we did a photo shoot for ringer at, at a few months ago and like Taylor Edwards and Sam Fisher come up. And I'm just like, you guys look so lit. Like I, I want to be remembered <laughs> as someone who was just like stupid, crazy, excited that just hypes people up and makes you I want you to feel the way that I see you. Well, I can be the first testament to say that was you for me. (laughs) You literally, I needed a hype woman and you came running. (laughs) And it's so beautiful to hear you say that because that's how I view you is that. And so you are, you are living testimony of what legacy you want to live or leave and you are doing the best job of it. I don't think anybody loves softball as much as, 
you do. And you're not even like on the field. You are literally watching women do their badass thing. And I'm like, I want to be Jade's hype woman now. Like (laughs) the more hype Jade is like, who knows what this world can, can handle. Like, it's just, it's so cool to see the unity and like how much you've, you've helped our sport grow. I know I said it before, but this sport would not be where it is without you and without the journey that you've been on. And I'm honored to call you a friend and I'm honored to have you on this podcast. Well, you are very, very kind in those words. Uh, Again, those those words pack a different punch when it's someone that you've known since day one. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, I love you, baby girl. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. emotional out here. This you know? was so fun. Kicking back and forth, but man, I'm getting a little hot. This is a little hot in here. <laughs> I just can't wait to see what you do in this game. Like, there's, like you've done so much and there's so much more ahead of us that, man... I'm, I'm your hype woman forever and ever. Right back Amen. at you. Look at us doing <laughs> things, girl. We're trying to do some things. <laughs> I love you. Uh, thanks for coming on, girl. Thank you, Ashley. So there you have it. Another episode of When the Cleats Come Off is completed. And if you loved it, I would love if you shared this with your softball community. The only way this game grows is if we have people like you that are eager to learn more and are eager to also share that new knowledge with other people. So if this episode really brought somebody that you know into fruition in your brain and you know that they can learn from this conversation, I would love it if you shared it with them because the more people that can learn from this type of conversation, I think the better the game of softball gets. And who knows, maybe this will be shared with other people in other sports because I truly believe some of these conversations, they don't just hit the game of softball, they hit all sports. And if there are people that come to your brain, I would love more than anything if you shared it. If you do share it, make sure you tag me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social platform you hang out on. I would love to see that you're sharing this and I would love to see some of your favorite parts. If you do share it, make sure to tag me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Guys, I'm even on TikTok, Ashley B Training, and at Smashly underscore four is where you can find me. And make sure you tell me which part was your favorite. I want to know what resonated with you so that I can create more content like that for you to share with your softball community. I can't wait to share another episode with you. Same time, same place next week. See you later.